Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. All right. Well, in this episode, we are covering everything that you probably didn't know about your period, but that you definitely need to know. (laughs) This is probably one of the most empowering conversations I've had in a really long time, especially for me personally, as family building has been painful if you've followed my journey at all. Um, And just really learning to, for me, it's been very important to figure out what does it look like to build my life on rhythms and to really take care of my body in a way maybe I've I've always just been generally healthy, right? I've always tried to eat healthy. I've always tried to work out regularly, like the basic things. Um, But going through two pregnancies and losses in the matter of seven months or so has really not only taken a toll on my mental health and my physical health, but also, and my emotional health, but also really... um, I would say sparked something in me to say, all right, well, what's going on in there? And what can I be doing to take charge in a more intentional way? And although I've taken many many steps toward um, things like functional medicine and some testing and pursuing answers, I'm a very proactive person. I didn't even really think much about my cycle and this natural blueprint that's really built into our lives as women and how that can really be something that we serve and pay more attention to and build our lives around our food around everything that can not only optimize our health not only you know optimize our fertility uh, prepare our bodies to carry pregnancies if that's even a phase of life that you are in but outside of all of those other benefits it can also by doing some of the things that we're going to talk about in this episode lead to a pain-free period which is incredible. I I mean, I had always been told, and you probably had too, that periods are supposed to be painful. Cramps are normal. All this stuff happens. But this episode really opened my eyes to, um, and this conversation really opened my eyes to how we can be thinking about this differently, how we can be uh, so much more intentional and in charge of things going on in our body by understanding what's going on in our body and then planning our life and, and what we're doing and consuming around that a lot more intentionally. So this is a power packed episode. So whether you are in a family building stage or just a season of life where you've had painful periods all the time, or you just always felt like periods suck, or you don't look forward to that time of the month and cycles overwhelm you and all of those things, I have been in your shoes. Trust me. As a woman, this is a can't miss episode. You, We need to know this stuff. You need to listen in on this. So press play, fold your laundry, go for your jog, fold your underwear, drive to work, do whatever you're doing, but just make sure you are listening to this, take some notes. And in my my recommendation would be implement this in your life. This is going to be an absolute game changer. So let's dig into this empowering, helpful, incredible conversation with menstrual health educator Barion Berry, all about periods. 
You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Barry, welcome to She. What's up, Jay? Thanks I, for having me. I am just so excited for this conversation and also to talk with you. And we got to talk a little bit before we hit record and I'm already like, okay, this is going to be great. So I am so honored that you are here and that we get to learn all things periods and women's health and all of that from you. Um, but before we dive into that, why don't you just give us a little rundown of your background, why you do what you do and your passion behind um, everything that we're going to be talking about today? Of course. So my name is Barry Ann Barry. I'm a holistic menstrual health educator and the founder of the Flow Academy. Um, but literally everybody calls me Barry. And I teach women how to have better periods and healthier hormones naturally. I like to say my background has always been women's health and women's rights. Um, when I was in college, I went to school for like political science and German, and I thought I was going to go into the political world. Mm. Little did I know... <laughs> Political I was period, go same thing. <laughs> you know, little did I know I was going to end up venturing off into entrepreneurship and still doing what I feel like my life work is, which is, you know, helping women heal and uplifting them along the way. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that, that you do that because honestly, I didn't even know women did this. And this is an area that I've become so much more intrigued by, like, Obviously, as a woman, you always somewhat care about it because it's your life. But when it becomes something that you really have to pay more attention to and you're trying to optimize your health or heal from loss or, you know, prepare for your family or all of those pieces that start to really become really prevalent in our lives, we suddenly are paying 10 times more attention to things like our period and, you know, what we're putting in our bodies and how we're taking care of our bodies and all of those things. And so I think what you do is so needed. And I'm just curious what okay this is just an honest question what gave you the confidence to start publicly talking talking about menstrual cycles like was there something in your life that made you think i should be the period gal or like what (laughs) like what i have to think something sparked that or was it like a a series of many things that kind of added up to this i'm just what gave you that confidence and that desire to to start doing that so i'm an enneagram eight with a wing seven and anything that says challenge has my name all over it. Um, But what really happened is in 2019, I was interviewing a friend for my podcast. And on the podcast, she was like, yeah, well, periods aren't supposed to be painful. At the time, I was 25. And I had never heard that in my entire life. I was like, I'm sorry, hold up. Can we park right here? What do you mean? And, you know, as somebody that's a certified functional nutritionist, and I was a personal trainer, I was like, really, marveling at the fact that periods were not supposed to be painful. So Mm. I set out to fix my own period. And, you know, that was January 2019. Come March of 2019, Barry had her first pain-free period in about, like, I would say probably 10 years or so. And I was like, every other individual needs to know this. But I also noticed a gap in the wellness space. Um, most of the women that were talking about periods and menstrual cycles, they were a bit older than me. They also did not look like me, but Mm. like they weren't those really like, in my opinion, when I think of the modern woman, I'm thinking somebody who's like a multi-passionate entrepreneur. Mm. They seem to be very dedicated to like their one scope. And so I was like, 
I'm going to speak to that person that's mm-hmm. multi-passionate. She's a dreamer just like me. And I'm going to help her fix her period and figure out how to make power moves on it too. Hmm. Okay. So wait, pause everything. Um, <laughs> I'm like, wait, periods aren't supposed to be painful. Like meanwhile, having had the most painful period of my life a couple weeks or a couple days ago. So uh, I, I'm intrigued. So why is that? Can you go into a little bit more of the reasoning behind why it's not supposed to be painful and kind of what your journey looked like from going from painful to pain-free? Yeah. So one of the main reason it shouldn't be painful is it's a natural bodily function. Like that's not supposed to hurt. Hmm. However, there's a lot of internal and external environmental pressures that we deal with on a regular basis that causes our stress to be a lot higher. It causes us to be anxious and deal with all of these things. And, you know, all these confounding variables is really what contributes to painful periods more specifically, we give it an umbrella term. We say hormonal imbalances, right? So uh-huh. that's what causes most of the period pain. But then there's like primary and secondary. We'll get to that in a second. Um, okay. <laughs> but the, that's like the main thing that causes it. So for me personally, this looked like just I, I struggled with hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is when your period goes missing when I was in high school. And, you know, I was an elite level athlete in high school. I went on and trained in college and I was a collegiate athlete. And my period would go missing for about eight months at a time. Mm-hmm. And then when she came back, she came back with a vengeance. It was like mm-hmm. the heavy bleeding, the cramping, the fatigue. Mm-hmm. So when I started on my own healing journey, the first thing I did was pick up a book and start reading about the menstrual cycle. And I remember the book I read was called the woman code and I was like okay this is good I can get with this and then I read another book called beyond the pill and it was about coming off of hormonal birth control I was like okay so I took all of my knowledge about really nutritional therapy and just gave myself my own action plan Hmm. and I ate my way to a better period is what I always tell people and I was doing something called cycle syncing it's something I practice on a daily basis where all aspects of my life is directly aligned with my menstrual cycle since there are four phases. Whoa. Okay. You are rocking my world. (laughs) I'm like, yes. Tell me more. Cause honestly, it's, it's such a season for me of really creating routine and rhythm in our life and, um, Mm -hmm. trying to optimize health and all the things, even all of that you're saying. Um, okay. So let's start with, let's start with the phase one and two you were talking about or the, um, it's first and secondary or something like that. Can you, and secondary? yes, yeah. that, can you dive into those a little bit? So, yeah, I think the best place to start is really with like menstrual cramps, right? Like we all know that they are so annoying, but what we don't realize is there's primary and secondary primary being like the main reason you might be in some discomfort is specifically because of your period. Whereas secondary means your period pain may be a result of other underlying health conditions, like maybe an estrogen dominance issue or an endometriosis or fibroids or issues with your blood sugar, all of these different things. So you have to kind of identify like, is my pain primary or is it a like secondary issue and really a result of maybe an autoimmune disease or something like endometriosis? Okay. So how do you figure that out? (laughs) Do you know how to figure that out? You know, I, so personally in my practice, I kind of just listen to people talk a lot, but I also listen to what their history is. Mm -hmm. And I ask them what testing they've had done when it comes to your hormones, it's always best to test 
and not guess. Listen, we're not going on WebMD, self-diagnosing mm-hmm. and any of that. We're not doing any of that. Mm-hmm. We're getting a Dutch test or having a thyroid panel or a blood test or something along those lines. Because from those test results, once you're able to analyze them, you can determine, okay, this is a primary issue related solely to, you know, your period, or it's actually a secondary issue because maybe you have high blood pressure. Maybe your cortisol is out of the roof. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different things, but you have to get a test to really be sure. Okay. So first step is test. And if you test, so if you get your hormones tested and Mm -hmm. let's say those come back all normal, that means, or it points to that if you're having pain, it's likely a secondary issue, correct? Um, Kind of. So if your test levels all come back and everything's like perfect, right? That means it's a primary thing. Mm -hmm. But if your test comes back and there's just so many different variations, that normally would mean there's something secondarily going on that needs to be addressed. That's a bigger issue causing the pain. Okay. So, and to make sure I understand, so the secondary pain can be a variety of things, right? It sounds like it can be underlying health issues such as autoimmune. Would gut health have anything to do with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you about that. (laughs) Yeah, tell me about it because that is something I'm digging into a lot and working on. So your liver and your pancreas, really your liver processes your estrogen. Your pancreas is involved with your insulin levels. But then we also have to pull in another aspect of something that's not a gut health related thing, but very much so related to your endocrine system, which is your adrenals. So gut health is just let's think liver and your intestines and your microbiome. And, you know, it could be a multitude of things. I I hate to be so vague about this when explaining it, but gut health is just, you know, it's important. I've heard you talking about it recently. And I think all of everybody now knows and understands that the gut is the second brain of the body. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to estrogen specifically, your liver is what's processing your estrogen. And a lot of women have, um, that might be on hormonal birth control, could be having to over-process things and that's causing the liver to overwork. Um, A lot of women who might be high stress or high anxiety might be causing the body to pump out more cortisol or more insulin. So there's all of these confounding things at play. There's everything's linked together. And it's so overwhelming. I'm trying to figure out how to explain it simply, but it's just like, understanding that your entire menstrual cycle is impacted by the big four. I like to call your central nervous system, your immune system, your lymphatic system, and your endocrine system. Okay. Wow. That is so, so interesting. And you had mentioned, I know it is a lot too, trust me. I mean, digging into everything from from hormones to gut health and everything in between, it's like, oh, well, what I'm doing over here for hormones you know, affects what I'm doing over here with gut health, but each one has their own needs too. And it's like, how do, what do I eat? Like nothing, an avocado every day. I mean, I don't even know. Um, but I, you had said something about eating your way to a better period. So I'm curious, can you mm-hmm. walk us through a couple of those changes that you had made or kind of what that looked like? Um, and what did you find if it was a primary or secondary issue for you? Um, did, how did, how did diet change help that? So I have my own food philosophy, which is eat better, not less, okay? Like food is a tool. It's either going to work for you or work against you. And what I have found in research is that throughout the menstrual cycle, 
there's certain ways to eat. And for me personally, it was a primary concern. Like my pain was literally just because of something called prostaglandins that were in access in my body. And that's what causes cramps, just like an FYI. Sorry Wait, how did you figure that out? I, I'm like, was that a test that you had done? <laughs> nope. Okay. I, I, so when I go to my doctor, all of my results come back everything it wasn't like I, I went to have like a complete thyroid panel done or a dutch test or anything like that i literally went to my doctor had my regular like yearly checkup and we have my blood love like my um blood was tested and everything came back regular so that's how i knew that my issue was a primary related thing and not a secondary thing okay. because again if you get your secondary test results and it says something is like let's just say your estrogen is too high your cortisol is too high you have high blood pressure that will tell you that it could be related to something secondarily so okay. that's really how i started gotcha. um but just to kind of go back to eating my way to a better period, it was really taking the time to focus on proteins, healthy fats, and fibers all throughout the menstrual cycle, all throughout the day, every day, all day on my plate. And I have never been somebody who's been like obsessed with like counting calories or anything. It was tuning into my body and saying, okay, plants over processed. And by no means am I a vegan. I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Michigan. Like I'm not a vegan. But I prioritized making sure I had complete meals all of the time. Mm. I did not, I didn't want anything fast, like um, that was going to process through my body so fast, like high sugar, anything is just going to process through your body, boom, boom, boom. And then you're going to be like, I'm hungry again. So making sure that I knew how to combine food properly was something that played a role. Now, I know you probably want some more specifics. So what what do we want to know exactly? (laughs) Everything. Um, Well, I think I would love if you, so you said, repeat that again, proteins, high fats, healthy fats. So what are a couple healthy fats? So, okay. First things first, we want to make sure we're getting enough omega-3s. So in the standard American diet, we have a high tendency to get omega-6s, but not like enough omega-3s. An easy way to do this is through a process called seed cycling, okay? This is when you're consuming, I'm a lazy seed cycler, just like an FYI, ladies. Like (laughs) Some people change every two weeks. I put it all in one container. That's what I top all my smoothies and salads in, but it's... um, I believe sunflower seeds, you have flax seeds, uh, pumpkin seeds, and there's one other sesame seeds. And you eat them at different times throughout the cycle to help regulate your hormones. Um, Now, to be fully transparent, research backing this is a little iffy. However, enough integrative medicine doctors have kind of co-signed it where I'm like, okay, I can do this. And this is Mm -hmm. how I'm getting enough of my omega-3s in, Um, but also like avocado um salmon smoked salmon and avocado is like my favorite combo about three days before my period starts i'm like i need this because my body is looking for that extra nutrient dealing with mess can feel like an impossible task it just keeps coming back well today we're brought to you by the organization experts ikea ikea knows we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess whether it be that chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed That's why IKEA makes affordable wardrobe organizers, underbed storage, and other solutions to help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. 
With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today okay so i'm literally taking notes i'm like okay good (laughs) so seed cycling smoked salmon or salmon and avocado are some great resource some great sources of omega-3s um so then you said um fibers as well what would you suggest from a fiber standpoint or what do you like to eat from a fiber standpoint any non-starchy carb but like also I love starchy carbs like I love my sweet potatoes and different things like that but I'm not the biggest fan of like uh, bread or pasta so when I say fiber I want everyone to know I mean fruits and vegetables that is exactly what I'm talking about there's nothing more nothing less to it Um, I think we're just so used to like hearing people say carbs instead of fiber but a fiber is a type of carb Right, right. Okay. So then you had mentioned about eating, you said something like I I want salmon and avocado three days before a period. So is there a science or a strategy to um, 
eating certain things at certain times because another thing I want to ask about is how you kind of mentioned there's these four phases of a cycle and so I would love to hear from your perspective or from your experience and also obviously your expertise (laughs) when it comes to when we're eating certain things um does that impact the cycle at all meaning should we be eating more fats at a certain time or more fibers at a certain time than other times Absolutely. Okay. So what I'm going to do, the way I'm going to answer this is kind of by the phases, because I feel like that'll help us kind of picture it a little bit more. So the first phase of your cycle is actually your period. This is when you're bleeding. Okay. This is when you really want to focus on getting extra nutrients and a lot of warmth and comfort. Like I want you eating the comfy, cozy foods. Um, We want to have sweet potatoes, pumpkin seeds, uh, any like veggie soups, different things like this. And that's because the body is releasing a lot through your blood, right? So we want to start replenishing and re-nourishing and thinking of it in that type of like mindset. Also foods that are iron rich. So think our dark leafy greens, um, our lentils, things like that. Even kelp, if you will, is a really good resource to have during that first phase, which is again, menstruation. The second phase of your cycle is called the follicular phase. This is like the day post period, that first day post period and the day before ovulation. It's generally about a four to five day window, but will fluctuate depending on like your body. It's different for everybody. Um, But I always say the food focus here should be things that are fresh and very like light, if you will not so heavy, not so dense. And that's just because your hormonal levels are beginning to rise and your energy levels are ramping up. So during this time, I'm always the biggest fan of like avocado, broccolis, uh, my my flax seeds, any type of nuts, our pre and probiotic yogurt. Again, I like my salmon. It just really depends on what your cravings are. And you have to take the time to like actually listen to your body and get to know it, right? Because mm-hmm. we get PMS cravings, but mm-hmm. like at the same time, nobody just wants to be like eating chocolate all the time. Right. But your body's trying to tell you something when that happens. But don't worry, we'll get there. I was going to say, then, I want to know about the chocolate craving. <laughs> oh, girl, listen, the chocolate. Don't even, we'll, we'll get there, I promise. Okay. But then the third phase of your cycle is ovulation. So ovulation is, we want it to be fibrous and very light. So I say go heavy on the greens. But at the same time, like, don't be so heavy that you're in like a food coma. Like it's not a Thanksgiving type heavy situation. We want like non-starchy carbs. Again, um, we're going to reach for things like quinoa, maybe kale, radishes, our whole grains, um, fruits, veggies, berries, that thing. And then I also like to add eggs in there for people who do like to eat eggs. I personally don't. Do you still have your chickens, by the way? (laughs) Sadly, we got rid of the chickens. Um... We lost half the flock due to this neighborhood owl and hawk. Um, we gifted the oh. final two to some friends of ours that um, didn't travel as much as we were. Our poor neighbors were taking care of our chickens more than we were. And so we loved oh the God. eggs, though. I'm I'm not a huge egg person, but I do enjoy eggs for breakfast and stuff. And those eggs were so fresh and so good. So we've talked about maybe getting them back, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. Such a random question. <laughs> you know what? But, it's um... all part of it. I mean, it's part of it. <laughs> So during the ovulation phase, you have a surge in a hormone called estrogen. More specifically, it's a type of estrogen called estradiol. 
But this surge in estrogen can cause your body to hold on to things like salt a lot more and sugars a lot more. So you really want to be intentional that we're not over seasoning food. It's not too savory. It's just enough. Um, I personally like season with like honey and then add like a little bit of like Himalayan salt to my sweet potatoes, Mm. but just a little hot tip. And then the last (laughs) phase of our cycle is the luteal phase. This is the PMS phase. This is where the cravings come in and everyone's just like, I need them all. So I'm going to take a second to park right here. And we're going to talk about some things that are a little a little weird to kind of hear. So just after ovulation, there is a dip in estrogen and a surge in a hormone called progesterone. Progesterone's got one job, and that's to support a potentially viable pregnancy. And, you know, it's one of the things that is very out of control for most individuals who are very high-performing individuals. It's either too high or too low, but it causes a lot of cravings because your body is utilizing more energy during this time. So I always say this is the perfect time for our cauliflowers, cucumbers, squashes, try to be as caffeine-free as possible. Um, Sesame seeds, spinach, your rices. I'm a big fan of like yellow rice or like brown rice. Uh, Cauliflower rice might even be a good idea. And then you want to do your proteins like your tofus, your chicken, your beef, um, your salmon, like seafood is my jam. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And then berries, your turmeric lattes, and dark chocolate. Now, I know we want to talk about chocolate. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and get into the chocolate because I totally, I get the chocolate craving, but whenever your body is craving something, it's, especially if it's something naughty, like let's just say like a Snickers, your body doesn't actually want the Snickers. Your body just wants the magnesium or the vitamin D or the calcium that's in it, Mm -hmm. not the actual Snickers. So it's up to us to kind of retrain and rewire our brain so that we can nourish ourselves properly. So instead of reaching for like, you know, a Snickers, let's reach for some cacao. Um, Let's try to figure out a different recipe that's going to incorporate a superfood that has not only the magnesium our body's craving, but also the calcium and the vitamin D, but also some additional antioxidants to prepare for the release. Hmm. Okay. So superfood, this is really helpful. I love this. So can you speak into a little bit, you said the superfood that can have magnesium and antioxidants. So what are some examples of that? Is that like a a smoothie? Is that a shake? Is that a protein powder? Is that a, a handful of kale? Like what is that actually from a practical standpoint? So I like to make a really, I like to call my little feminine flow elixir. I'm a little over the top with naming things, but (laughs) it is, so it is cacao. It's about one tablespoon of cacao, two tablespoons if I'm feeling really daring. And then I add about a fourth of a teaspoon of ashwagandha personally. And then I'll make, or maca, depending on like which one my body needs, Mm -hmm. because those are two superfoods. Then I would say about a quarter cup of hot water and then half a cup of whatever your favorite milk is blend it together and just enjoy um i definitely do this 10 days before my period is even supposed to start Mm -hmm. because it really does help nourish the body and give it the nutrients that it needs and i notice those cravings are not as intense Hmm. so the two superfoods can you say the name of them again because i you went you said so quickly i'm like wait well no that's okay so cacao so it's ca C-A-O, and then Mm -hmm. ashwagandha. Ashwagandha. I've never even heard of that. (laughs) 
And then I also think I mentioned maca. So the cool thing about ashwagandha is it's known for its ability to help the body adapt to stress. And I feel like Hmm. all probably had a little bit higher of stress as of late Mm -hmm. than we normally would Mm -hmm. given recent events. So that's why I, I kind of personally switch between ashwagandha and maca. They're very similar in their makeup because they are adaptogens and they basically support the body. Like let's say for whatever reason, your progesterone is low and your serotonin levels are low. Ashwagandha and maca, their jobs are to kind of like go in and like increase it a little bit. Gotcha. Okay. So where can we find this stuff? Is this something you can buy at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or is this something you have to order if we want to actually make this? Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, any of these places. Amazon is a great place to get your superfoods from. Um, I personally like a brand called Terra Soul. That's where I get mine from. Or like OMG Superfoods. It's like organic meats good. Mm -hmm. I like to order them online because it's a lot more affordable than actually like trying to go into my local grocery. They're like very overpriced. Okay, got it. Okay, well, that is so helpful. Um, so I find it really interesting that you almost f- focus how the, I, not even necessarily it doesn't sound like specifically the the fact that you're changing up you're not changing the fact that you're eating protein fiber and healthy fats you know consistently, but the the amount or the type that you're consuming of those things varies based off of the phase of the cycle. Um, mm-hmm. From a practicality standpoint, you're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. We're busy women. How does this, um, how does, how did you get into the cycle of just doing this pretty regularly until, how does this become second nature, if that makes sense? Because I think for someone who might be listening, thinking, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense, but to have to think about it that much and to know exactly where I'm at in my cycle when my life is so busy just feels overwhelming. And so is there a way you make this more manageable? Do you prepare meals? Like, what does that look like for you as I'm assuming a very busy woman as well? <laughs> yes. So I like to keep it real. I like to simplify anywhere that I can. So what I like to do is prepare my food over the weekend. Like I do food prep. I don't do meal prep. I do specific food prep every single Sunday and kind of set myself up for success throughout the week. In addition to that, um, when I first started out, I was actually just trying my best to follow a very like strict and regimented meal plan. Now, that was 18 months ago. Here I am, you know, 18 months later, and I can just be like, okay, my period's in about 10 days. Okay, it's time to make sure that I have this, this, and this because I'm in that habit. But Mm -hmm. a more regimented meal plan will help. Um, Or... hmm, I like to set food alarms sometimes. Like right now I'm in a major push season where I have a lot of work going on. Mm -hmm. And every time I turn on, there's just, I'm like, yep, 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 yep. So I have food alarms set to remind me just to eat because more than what it, it's important to be aware of what you're eating, but more importantly, it's important to eat. How many times can I say important (laughs) on a regular basis? Mm -hmm. So every four hours is what we really want to reach for because that allows us to stabilize the blood sugar levels. And when you stabilize your blood sugar levels, you can stabilize your energy. Okay, good to know. So every four hours um, consistently, that's something I need to be better at. Love the idea of food alarms. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sitting here right now, like I should probably eat something. Um, okay, so this is really this is really good. This is also helpful. Um, I want to touch on briefly the phases that you talked about and how you even try to structure your, like your schedule around them. And now that we've yeah. dug into phases and what that looks like from a food standpoint, would you mind sharing a little bit of what that looks like and maybe some first steps we can take? Of course, like this is my favorite thing to talk about. So 
your menstrual cycle really serves as a blueprint for your life. And when you understand the phases, which I'll go through again, you'll start to notice that there's two weeks on where it's very high intensity external world focus. And there's two weeks off where it's very low intensity and more internal world focus. So the first phase, like I said, it's menstruation. This is one of those weeks where you want to focus your energy on you and what your needs are. I say that because the body is physically releasing, you need to focus on restoring and replenishing yourself. So menstruation is restore and release. Then the second phase is the follicular phase. This is when I say this is our coffee date phase. This is when we want to start talking to the external world. The veil has lifted. We're feeling good. Everything's great. And we're like, okay, like coming out of the fog, right? Mm-hmm. So your your hormones are beginning to And because of that, you notice an increase in your energy levels. So I like to call this the reconnect phase of your cycle because now you're reconnecting the dots and ready for everybody. Mm. Then ovulation this is like i should also mention that the follicular phase is an external world focus because that veil has lifted and you are ready to focus on everybody else go for it during ovulation this is also an external focus on everybody else this is a time to show up and really be everything for everyone everybody knows what this feels like because all of a sudden we're like oh i have no energy and then we're like 15 hour days i can do this i can do that i I don't want to stop talking and it's totally normal so with that being said we want to go ahead and turn up for the external world just after ovulation so i would say probably three to four days after ovulation generally you'll start noticing a lull in energy and you feel a little bit low energy, not as talkative. You're then in your luteal phase, which is that fourth and final phase. This is another phase to turn within. And I say the only thing you need to be doing is relaxing. So rather than like, you know, trying to cross everything off the to-do list, you know, we're just going to scale it back and go turn within and understand what our needs are and serve ourselves first and then worry about everybody else. Okay. I love this so much. So what you're basically saying is like work can be available two weeks of the month and we have every, we're allowed to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm working on a lot of projects right now, Jay. Like I've got my hands in a lot of pots and right now I'm in the relaxed phase of my cycle. I have three important things to do this week and then I'm turning off. Mm Mm-hmm. The following week, I'm just chilling because I'm on my period. The week after that, I have a launch. So it's like, let's go. So I've just learned how to ebb and flow with the ebbs and flows of my cycle because Mm. it allows so much sanity. Like I can actually be sane without feeling like guilty about needing a break. I schedule myself three vacation days a month. I know it sounds ridiculous, but... No, that sounds awesome. (laughs) The day before my period, the day of my period, and the day after my period. Don't talk Mm. to me. Don't breathe. Like, leave me alone (laughs) because I need time for me and everyone around me gets that. Hmm. So when you say the day before your period, the day of your period, and the day after, do you mean the day before you start, the day you start, and the day after Mm -hmm. you start, those first three days? Yes. So smart. I think that, you know, we feel guilty when we have to set boundaries, but my boundaries make me a better version of myself. Mm. And I've been teaching women how to biohack their cycle a lot recently, like for business, or I use completely different terms with business, but I start with what I like to call balance and really turning into tuning into those emotions Mm. and understanding how to set those clear boundaries before we start translating everything into the business world. Mm. So you plan your 
it sounds like launches and business calendar around your cycle rather than the other way around. Absolutely. Well, because you can't do it the other way around. It's not even up to us. I guess that makes sense. But that's so smart. I love that idea. So women are on something, we have something called an infradian rhythm, right? So we're, most people are used to the circadian rhythm that resets every 24 hours. And that is what I would like to say our non-menstruating male counterparts operate off of. Mm. Whereas women who do menstruate, we are something called an, an infradian rhythm because we reset every 28 days. Our lives were not designed to be linear, just like entrepreneurship was not designed to be linear. Neither were our lives, but especially our cycles. So it's up to us to kind of say, hey, you know what? I need to honor where I'm at right now. And like my favorite thing is when I feel well, that's how I know I'm in the relaxed phase of my cycle. And instead of being sassy to everybody else, I say, okay, how can I critically think and look at this for my business. How can I utilize this as a strategy to be a better leader, to be a better practitioner, to show up better? There's so many things that we can learn from this blueprint that our menstrual cycle, I mean, it's God-given. It's Mm -hmm. so many things we can learn, but for so long, we've been almost like um, tone deaf to it, or we've been disempowered and like hated it. Like I used Mm -hmm. to hate my period. Now here I am like, what's up guys? Let's start period, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I I would agree with you there. I think it it makes so much sense about how it really is. Give It's a built in rhythm that we so often, I think, just plow through and plow over. Um, And then no wonder we're all over the place emotionally. And something I wanted to ask you about related to all of this when it comes to because I mean, a huge focus of mine this year, um, given everything that I've experienced is figuring out, okay, what's the healthiest rhythm for me to be in? How do I get my body re-regulated? I mean, going through two pregnancies in six and a half months is enough to throw your body out of whack a lot. Um, And trying to figure out, I mean, it takes a period a little while to re-regulate. And I would love to hear your input on, well, the first question I would have just from a personal standpoint, but also I know this is something many in our community, especially now, are wondering about and trying to wrap their minds around is how do how does one if you if if what if someone has first thing I think I should ask is what if someone has an irregular period in my case the next couple months are just bound quote-unquote bound to be irregular because that's part of the healing process so I've been told um typically Mm -hmm. it's pretty regular but I'm curious um what you would say to someone who's either going through something physically that's caused a disruption in their period and then their cycle and trying to re-regulate that is there anything we can proactively do or someone who just has an irregular cycle how do we build rhythm around that Ooh, that's a thick question to thick, but I've <laughs> got answers for it. No, it's okay. So the first thing is to really start tracking when your period happens. So length of our period, but also the phases of the cycle really does vary. But if somebody, let's say you had an average 28 to 29 day cycle, you can be sure, let's just say that you'll always get your period on the fourth Wednesday of every month. Okay. So we want to just put that in our calendar. And then the second step is to really tune into what's happening emotionally. 
a week before our period, we're a lot more emotional than we normally would be because there's a dip in estrogen, which means there's less serotonin in the body, right? So it means we're a lot more irritable. We're questioning who we are Mm. and what our purpose is and why is this happening to me? So we want to pay attention to that because it will help us be a little bit more calculated. Um, But in addition to that, we want to track that all throughout the month. So if you don't have a journal process, like a journaling routine set up, if you don't have a meditation or a breath work routine, we want to connect with our emotions as much as we're connecting with our body. Because if your body is not regular, like you're having an irregular period, you can always turn to your emotions to figure out what's going on. Hmm. Beyond that, you can start tracking your basal body temperature every single month. Um, I track my BBT every single morning, and that's because my like um, contraception method is called like the fertility awareness method. So hmm. I know where where I'm at. And I'm going to this last thing is probably going to make you guys laugh. But the last thing I recommend is checking your panties. Check your panties <laughs> for something called cervical mucus. So. <laughs> Wow, I can't believe I'm having this conversation right now. I love but- it. No, you should believe it. I think this is all necessary for us to know and we need to be real about it. Everybody be adults. Yeah. <laughs> so cervical mucus is typically the wetness that's in panties the morning you wake up. So like, let's say you go to bed tonight, you wake up tomorrow morning, and let's just say that you know there's some type of consistency in your underwear and maybe it's really opaque and kind of lotionally like that means you're um, actually ovulating or maybe it's a bit more translucent and it's like, okay, well, I know I just had my period. I know I'm not ovulating yet because there's no lotion. So I'm in my follicular phase. Mm. Being able to look at your cervical mucus and tracking your basal body temperature, but being in tune with your emotions can generally help you begin to regulate. Now I could recommend tons and tons of supplements, but to be honest, I think tuning into you and your own emotional needs is most important when you begin to realize you're irregular and you want to start regulating again. Hmm. Okay. So helpful. Um, Can you say or speak into this piece a little bit of it? You mentioned something about fertility and this was actually something I was going to ask about. When Mm -hmm. you are, whether you're trying to regulate or you are regular, but you're following this rhythm or working to get into a rhythm and, you know, eating according to your cycle and scheduling according to your cycle and allowing that to be kind of almost, it sounds like a grounding, um, I don't know, like it, it like grounds your ability of your, not your ability, your schedule almost and, and your choices and your life in a way that can really serve as a blueprint. I'm curious if that has been proven or what you know about doing that much more intentionally, how that affects fertility, how that affects things like egg health or just overall fertility and health in that way. Is there a correlation? Is there a connection? Um, and if so, what does that look like? So I just want to make sure I understand the question like correctly, but like, are we talking about like emotions as it plays into your fertility? Well, a little bit, just, I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent just because you had mentioned that, that you were, what did you say you use fertility? What did you say you called it's, it? So it's called the fertility awareness method. Okay. And this is a scientifically proven method. Barry has not come up with this one. I wish I was this brilliant, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It's an entire science-based method and it is very much so on the individual to track. So with FAM, you're tracking your basal body temperature every single day. You're tracking your cervical mucus and then your cervical 
your cervix placement. I don't know why words are so hard, <laughs> but those three things are what you are tracking with the fertility awareness method. Okay. And you, I've been doing this mm, probably eight months like consciously knowing that I was doing it before I was kind of doing it just because I was like, Oh, well, I'm, I don't know, like, yeah. this is here and I've heard of it. But this is actually a science based method. And I will say this, this is about the individual and it is self work that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't want to be like tracking your own cycle, you don't want to track your temperature and different things, it's not going to be as effective. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then I guess that was the first thing I wanted to clarify. I I know this was kind of like a loaded question. So then the (laughs) second thing I'm curious about is kind of coming back to everything that we've been talking about in terms of eating right, in terms of like when it comes to different phases of your cycle and eating these foods that your body needs, um, when it comes to scheduling and kind of building your life around your cycle on that blueprint that we're given via the cycle, things like that. When when you started making these changes, right, eating your way to a pain-free period, things like that. when you started actually really building your your nutrition and your schedule and things like that around your period or when someone chooses to do that and begins to really prioritize that what i'm curious about is does that have a positive effect on someone's fertility because i know a, a large part of my community is in family building years many have suffered loss many have su- struggled with infertility things like that and so i'm just curious if really building your life and really being more aware of your period not necessarily just the fertility awareness method but more just in general of all the things we've been talking about of giving your body what it needs when it needs it scheduling and and giving yourself what you need and things like that does that have any effect on that piece of the equation as well because i know many are tracking their cycles solely for the purpose Mm -hmm. of fertility and i'm curious if there's any connection absolutely 110 percent like the the, the answer to the question is yes Um, but to go beyond that you know I don't speak on fertility a lot and that's just because I feel like it's a very delicate topic Mm -hmm. but what I have experienced with a lot of my clients is the more intentional we are about getting those prenatals before they're even ready to actually try Mm -hmm. because it's getting all of the nutrients that a body's potentially going to need to support a viable pregnancy Mm -hmm. the better off we are so that not only that, but also coupling that with understanding how con- conception actually happens, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding that sperm can be alive in your fallopian tubes for up to five days, even seven days sometimes, being very strategic in a specific window of time, saying, okay, during this time, three days before I actually ovulate, like let's say you've tracked for three months, really, really intentionally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Three day, I know I'm probably going to ovulate. So we're going to try during this little two to three day window, because it's going to increase the chance of like the egg actually getting fertilized. And then I'm going to continue to manage my stress and remain in sync with my cycle and eat the proper things and do the right workouts because it even goes into our workouts. Mm-hmm. That's how it happens. So I hope that answers. The no, that does. That, that does make sense. Okay. And I and I know that this isn't a fertility related conversation, but I do believe that our cycles and how we, I mean, everything that you're saying just made so much sense. And it kind of clicked in my brain of, 
you know, we kind of passively let our cycles happen for for many of us. At least that's always been how it's been for me. It's always been pretty regular. It's just like, oh, okay. You know, and I never really did anything intentional when it came to how I was eating at certain phases or how I was managing stress or how I was scheduling or any of those types of things. But as you've been saying this, it just made me go, oh my gosh, this has to have an effect on our body's ability to even be ready to support pregnancies in the future or all of those pieces. Um, and I, I think that was just something I was curious about of, is there a connection, which I would assume there is, but I wanted to hear from you. Um, of course. So the the other piece that I'm curious about, though, is how does one do this without feeling like they're like, especially if someone's tracking for the sake of family building or these other things, or maybe it's healing something in their bodies or trying to get regular, whatever goal somebody may have that may just be more than simply optimizing their life and their health. Um, is Have you ever found that this can be something people can obsess over too? I just wonder if this is something oh, yeah. that, how, how do you manage that? So I'm very grateful and I don't have to obsess over it too much because I'm very flowy. I'm very relaxed, mm-hmm. but I've had a lot of people recently reach out to me and they're like, we've been trying, we've been trying, but you have to understand that you have to realize you're not in control. You're simply in charge. Mm, that's and a really the, good one. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the environment, we get so fixated on the external environment that we've created, our homes, mm. our businesses, our lifestyle. And we fail to focus on that internal environment mm. of our actual body, of our actual mental health and well-being. So yes, people do get obsessed with it. And yes, people are saying like, I'm trying to plan my family. And I totally honor that and respect it. But can you support yourself before you start focusing on planning this family? Like, Mm. can you really love yourself and know that you're nourishing yourself, mind, body, and spirit every single day, the way that you know is best? Or is this kind of like a secondhand thing because your main focus Mm. is getting pregnant? You have to focus on your health first. Mm. So we have to really nail down where we're at where is our mind with this? Are we looking at this as something that's this is this is a blessing? Or are we saying, well, this is this is my timeline and it's supposed to match up with this timeline exactly? Hmm. Like uh, yeah. I, I always feel bad talking about this because it, it, it's so difficult to talk mm-hmm. about, especially with everything that you've gone through in the past few months. But mm-hmm. you know, I think that as we mature and get older, we we have to start focusing our t- intentions on the right thing, mm. and realizing that if you can't if you can't do it right now, it's just not right now. It doesn't mean it's no. It doesn't mean it'll never happen. It's just mm. saying like, well, you know what? This means that I need to support my body more mm-hmm. before I can bring another life into this world. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you saying that because I think there's that very real element. There's a very emotional element to it where you feel like you're dreams are destroyed in some ways but then there's also the very I'm trying to find that balance between allowing myself to feel all the feels and be like this sucks and this isn't fair and I'm so like I'm I'm hurting you know and I have to like identify that and and acknowledge that from a mental health standpoint but then also Mm -hmm. part of the something I was talking to a friend about who's also gone through who had also gone through multiple losses and then really began making all these shifts was and I had started to try to make shifts but it was always still with the goal of like but I need to get pregnant again you know what I mean and um mm-hmm. and I think it, there was still a little bit of that obsession there and what was so interesting that she had kind of shared was the importance of turning your 
pain or your agony or your your grief into action and into intentionality. And so that's been a really big, this is a huge reason I wanted to have this conversation because I was just blown away, not only by my own experience, but by how many women in this community have experienced something similar and are feeling that just weight, you know, and something that I've really tried to do is honor the feelings because they need to be felt, but also say, okay, what does this look like? Like, what is my body maybe trying to tell me? Again, there could be something that's completely out of control, but Mm -hmm. I really felt convicted on this looks like, I mean, even recently I was talking to somebody about this because I've been trying to cut certain things out and meaning like, let's cut out sugars, let's cut out all this stuff. And it became more of a focus on what I can't have um, Mm -hmm. versus on what I'm nourishing myself with, if that makes sense. And so I love that you said that, like, it's almost like, taking you didn't even say it specifically but what I heard and what I want to share with anyone listening is almost taking out that I can't have x y or z right like I can't have caffeine or I can't have sugar it's like no just it's almost like shifting your mind to but I'm nourishing myself and I and and looking at that as like I think I don't know if the right word is like a healthy and helpful project but um you know I think our our nature as women part of that is to nurture and whether that's that's why we get so caught up in projects that we do isn't it I mean we want to nurture Mm -hmm. something that's meaningful to us and I think in the process we can really neglect ourselves and I don't know if you'd agree with that but what you were saying about nourishing yourself and really being like holistically focused in that way and not so focused on I can't do this or I can't do this or I think that's been a really I've noticed that lie has been really recurring in my mind recently of like I I don't know why but I can't carry a baby everything's coming back normal like what's going on you know so that I can't or I can't eat this food I can't eat that food because I'm trying to optimize my health versus kind of shifting to but what am I capable of and what am I doing that's proactive is a probably a much healthier mindset to be in and it's like hot and cold sometimes I feel like I can do that and other times I don't but I think just reiterating that in a way that is important to start to kind of start spending more time focusing on what I can do and how that's actually a privilege and a necessity and the the need to nurture kind of starts with ourselves but is the first thing to get neglected. Oh, you said so many different things in there and <laughs> I just I, there's so much that I want to unpack, right? But this is what I want to say. Your job, if you're an administrating individual, your job is to create. So whether that creation is another life within you or it's writing your next New York Times bestselling book, okay? Mm-hmm. You are creating. Mm-hmm. You are giving life to so many different things. And you have to realize that you have to nourish yourself and your soul first mm-hmm. before yeah. you can pour into everybody else and everything else. And I think we, we like the idea when we're talking about like self-care and setting up boundaries, but this is like a real life thing, mm-hmm. especially when you're trying to do family planning. Hmm. So good. I'm just like, okay, this feel, I feel empowered. Like I can do this, you know, cause it's so easy to feel overwhelmed, um, and to feel confused. But I think even just breaking down the, the cycle that you live your life on without even really realizing it into something that you truly do more intentionally live your life on and allowing that to be a blueprint and a guideline for you. It feels like, okay, I have a starting place, right? It feels like, and it's mm-hmm. already built in and it's already natural and I need to honor that rather than be frustrated by it. So that's so powerful. 
And I'm so thankful that you've shared all of that. One of the things that I was thinking about as we've kind of had this discussion, I've been meaning to ask, you have talked about the four phases and I'm sure Mm -hmm. that, you know, the length of each somewhat varies per individual. Maybe you can correct me on that if I'm wrong. Um, but I am curious, how does one know um, when they're tra- like when, okay, obviously like the period ends, obviously that phase is over, right? That's a little bit more clear. Um, but how do you know how long your follicular, follicular phase is lasting? How long is a typical ovulation cycle? Like what should we be looking for for trying to figure out? Is it something to do with the basal body temperature? How can we actually start to understand where we are in our cycle beyond some of the more obvious things like menstruation? Yeah, so I'm going to be really realistic. I like to just give it seven, 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 and seven. Like a full 28 days. I just like to break it down that way because I feel like, yes, I can tell you the basal body temperature, right? But Mm -hmm. ultimately, not everybody's going to be tracking their temperature every day. Mm -hmm. I don't even like to do it every day. I do it because this is like my life work. I don't enjoy it. So I'm going to say, really, the week you bleed is typically five to seven days. Okay, great that's menstruation. The next seven days, that's going to be the follicular phase. Ovulation is interesting because you only actually ovulate for a 24 hour period, actually and technically, but we feel that energy for like seven days. At least I do. (laughs) I feel great. I'm like, let's get everything done. And that's how you'll know is because when you're not on your period and when you're not in that PMS luteal phase, you want to do everything and be everything for everyone. Hmm. And I guess just breaking it down by saying seven, 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 like you can go from there and plan your life accordingly and like be at peace with it. It doesn't have to be the super intense thing. Like, you know, you don't have to track your basal body temperature every single second of every single day, Hmm. but it would be cool if you tuned into your emotions. Hmm. It would be cool if you said, Ooh, you know what? This craving is coming up. Oh, you know, at that time of the month, she's, she's almost here, just slowing down enough to tune in and turn up, like turn down everybody else's voice and turn up your own. Hmm. So good. Okay. That's so helpful. Wow. I'm like so encouraged and empowered because this is obviously an area that's somewhat sensitive for me personally, but I think for a lot of women, it's just an area that we feel sometimes out of control with. We feel like, I can't control my emotions or I don't know why this is happening or this period has been really painful. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I want to start wrapping up here because I don't want to take your entire year, although we could talk for a long time. (laughs) Um, But I am curious, um, would you say that the best place, if someone's like, okay, I want to start doing this, but doing all at one time just feels a little bit overwhelming, but I want to start making my way toward a more pain-free period, being more intentional with how I'm structuring my life around this built-in rhythm, things like that, is the best place to start with foods. Because I know you had, going back to what you had said of eating your way to a more pain-free period, um, is that the best place to start if that's something we're, we're wanting to do? Is scheduling the best place to start? Like, What would you say is maybe the the one, two, three of the first practical steps to take to make this manageable and not feel like, oh my gosh, I have to reorder my entire life? Yes. So I'm going to give you like my little three-step formula. Okay. Okay. The first thing is to educate yourself about the four phases and really get familiar with them. Um, I've mentioned them a lot, but you know, you have to start with understanding the phases of your cycle. The -hmm. second thing is creating your own action plan. I can tell you till I'm blue in the face, do these workouts, eat these foods, but create based off of your lifestyle and don't focus so much on like what everybody else is saying. Like be intentional. So 
you know, whether it's with the foods that you're eating, um, get you a menstrual multivitamin. That's totally fine. You know, something to help you get you your prenatal, something that's going to give you some extra nutrients and create a plan that actually aligns with you and your life. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is to integrate it. Like, don't create the plan and not do it. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you created this plan of action, follow the plan and like, just be empowered by it. And I, I think that for my ambitious entrepreneurs out there, I would say start with learning the four phases for your business first, because I know that's where the focus is. Hmm. We're focusing on like creating and producing. So figure out, okay, menstruation, that's the perfect time for ideation. Follicular, that's a perfect time for creation. Um, ovulation is a perfect time for execution. And then that luteal PMS phase is a perfect time for evaluation. Start mm. with those four things because I guarantee you when you do that for your business, it's going to translate into every other aspect of your life. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I got this. It's mm. just simple. Uh. So good. Okay. I, I just had another question come up that I do want to ask you because mm -hmm. this is something we touched on in the beginning. So I kind of want to bring this full circle before we land the plane. For sure. um, you had talked about the pain-free element of everything. And I think we may have some listeners. I personally am wondering, okay, wait a second, but cramps are part of periods, right? And I know we had talked about yes. the, the primary and the secondary, but it doesn't have to be. So one thing I am wondering about, and I, I meant to ask this earlier, but um, what causes cramps and what can help them aside from medicine? Is there a more natural remedy? Like if those are still coming up as we're kind of starting to work toward that pain-free period that we're moving toward, um, can you just speak to that a little bit so we understand even a little bit more of, I know you had talked about it can be hormonal, it can be um, secondary, it can be primary or secondary, but is there a more natural remedy to those causes once we understand those causes? Does that make sense? Girl, yes. Let me go. I, I love this. I love talking about cramps and like how to get rid of them in an easy way because people are going to be like, what? So, okay. <laughs> Menstrual cramps are caused by something called prostaglandins. They're kind of like a hormone-like substance that's released by that uterine lining, that endometrium lining that has to be shed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Prostaglandins help the uterus expand and contract but also like relax so that the endometrium can be detached. That is its job. But if you are somebody that's high stress, high anxiety, got a lot of sugar, a lot of salt in your body, prostaglandin levels can be much higher, causing a lot more pain of the uterus when it comes to that expanding and contraction. In addition to this, the blood flow is like reduced in terms of like how much is coming out. It just makes things a lot more dense. So what I always say, first, don't stress. Like I know it sounds like ridiculous to say don't stress, but really manage your stress and your anxiety. Hmm. The second thing I love to recommend is organic raspberry leaf tea. Hmm. Listen, my friends, it is heaven sent. It is so good. It is everything that we really need because it helps to strengthen and tone the muscles of the uterus. Mm. And it counters kind of that discomfort from your prostaglandins. It's about $4.99 at a nice Kroger situation. You're good to go. Have it every single day, eight to 12 ounces. Make sure it's hot because it nourishes the body. Go be good. Go be great. Hmm. So you have it every single day during your period or every single day? In every own? single day of the month. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Because I've been looking for it's a, a new warm drink. <laughs> I was going to say, do you do that in place of coffee or do you drink coffee? Do you have any kind of caffeine? Gosh, Jordan, let me tell on myself. So caffeine, 
I have this thing with caffeine where it's actually not our friend, especially when it comes to your menstrual cycle or your hormones in its Mm -hmm. entirety. Mm -hmm. And I have cut my caffeine intake from like two to three cups of coffee to maybe one cup of coffee or one latte. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just me personally. Per day or per month? Per day. Okay. Okay. We, we, we I was like, you're not crazy, are you? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Girl. Well, I've actually gone months without having coffee or caffeine in my system, but I like the taste of it. Mm-hmm. So I give my body what it likes, mm-hmm. but I'm very, very intentional about not overloading my body with caffeine mm-hmm. because caffeine is a neurostimulant mm-hmm. and like I could go down a rabbit hole with yeah. this conversation. Well, Ultimately, yeah. let's try to make sure we have 120 milligrams or less of caffeine. Because I feel like that's realistic for mm-hmm. most individuals. Mm-hmm. One cup of coffee, um, one latte with a single shot of espresso is doable. Even if you're doing like a decaf coffee, yeah. it needs to be organic decaf, not mm. regular because regular decaf has chemical toxins in it. We don't want that in your body. Oh, good to that's know. The <laughs> yeah. You always got to buy the organic decaf because at least it's decaffeinated with water and not chemical solvents. Okay. So and it doesn't taste bad and like regular decaf is terrible organic is the best and yeah. this isn't my biased opinion do it's you have a brand that you like do you have an organic decaf um, that you like yeah i get it from thrive market okay online and that's who i get mine from but i also like like i said like i do a single shot of espresso in a latte and that's really my extent from there if you're somebody who's trying to be completely caffeine free but you do like the taste do a dandelion leaf or a nettle um, I like to do dandelion and nettle combined. They kind of taste, uh, dandelion root tastes like coffee. It's a very um, robust taste, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I just add the nettle in for good measures for my hormones. You know what I just discovered? I discovered an herbal tea and it might be that. I would need to look at it, but it's like an herbal hazelnut flavored tea um, mm-hmm. that's supposed to taste like coffee, but it's caffeine free. And so I've every now and then had that when I'm trying to cut back on caffeine. So that's really good to know. I've been doing decaf a lot, but I didn't even think about the organic decaf. So I now have, let's see, like a hundred post-it <laughs> notes of little notes that I'm taking, even though I could just re-listen to this. I was like, no, I just need it in front of me. This is so good. This is so, so good. Okay. Well, I don't want to take up more of your time. This is so powerful and so helpful, but um, I'd love to just sit, share you with everyone else. Where can they find you if they want to learn more, if they want to dig into this even deeper and really start doing this work to kind of reorient our lives around the natural cycle that we have and optimize our health. Where can we find you and how can they get involved in your work? For sure. Well, thanks for a little plug. Um, (laughs) Everyone can come hang out with me over on Instagram. Just search menstrual health educator. You will find me. I am the only person with that title right now. Perfect. Um, I come right now on my website at theflowacademy.com. This is where I teach women how to have better periods and healthier hormones. Um, I guess it has its own Instagram at the Flow Academy, and Flow is spelled F L O. There's no W. Um, but yeah, and my podcast is called Flow with Barry on Barry. Awesome. I would love to have you guys come hang out. Oh, I love it. Well, Barry, thank you so much for everything that you've offered us and taught us. I think this is so powerful and empowering in many ways, at least for me personally, and I'm sure for many listeners. We are so, so thankful for the work you're doing and for uh, just how transparently and candidly you were able to and willing to talk about this and share all that you know. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. 
So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Chapter 1, Wayfair welcomes you to the neighborhood. Our hero, Titus Burgess, ambled down the stylish street of an enchanting utopia. A woman waved from a chic lounger. Welcome to the neighborhood," she said, where Wayfair helps everyone create a home they love. Titus stared in awe. Bohemian Boulevard, Trendsetter Terrace, Mid-Century Circle. Titus, hmm? you're reading the Wayfair catalog. Oh, you'll love Chapter 2. Wayfair's fast and free shipping saves a potluck. Wayfair, every style, every home.